Hey, it's Larry. Uh, Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Real quick, before we get into this episode, I had such an amazing, eye-opening, life-changing experience at the World Parkinson Congress in Kyoto that I want others to have that opportunity, too. So Becca Miller and I and 24 of our PD community friends have launched a year-long WPC Travel Grant Fundraiser. We're each doing a two-week Facebook fundraiser. Mine's underway right now because my birthday's January 9th. All the money raised will be used to help offset travel costs so more people with young-onset Parkinson's can attend the next WPC in Barcelona in 2022. You can search out details on the When Life Gives You Parkinson's Facebook page or donate directly to the WPC website. Go to wpc2022.org slash yopdfund. If you or your business would like to supply matching funds... Hey, good on you. Email me at parkinsonspot at curiouscast.ca. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease, and I'm a dad. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's. Joining me on this journey is producer and reporter Nikki Reitmeyer. Hey, Larry. We've talked about it briefly before on the podcast, and I've met your son, Henry, before. You know... I can't imagine having Parkinson's and dealing with everything else that brings and being active and a mindful, attentive dad. I mean, you're already a parent and now a parent with Parkinson's. Yeah, it is uh, a challenge for sure. And being active and mindful and attentive are all attributes I strive for as a dad, but I often, often come up short. (laughs) And it's absolutely gut-wrenching when that happens. And it's something that I've talked to my brother Dan about. More than anything, what uh, tears me up is like uh, this past weekend, you know, it was rainy out and it was uh, overcast and Henry wanted to jump around and play. And and there's some times where I just like, I just need to take a nap. And it kills me because it's just like, you know, I, I want to spend time with them. That's my time to spend time with them. And you should be like dad and just take the nap. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> He napped a lot. <laughs> uh, I learned from the best. Uh, but but that you know it's like nor going his finger split. <laughs> that's that's the tough part. Or like uh, you know, I we'll we'll be on a, a walk or you know, hike or whatever, and you know I, I can't keep up, so I'm you know right. twenty paces behind, which I'm fine with. I, I just like being out with them, but I, f- I feel bad I can't keep up. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting, and and, and I, you know, obviously not there to see it, but I I wonder how he's doing with it. You know, um, does he notice that? Does he understand that? Does he process that? Um, he he can forget. He knows. Yeah, but, but he'll he'll forget and run up behind me and try to scare me by pushing me, which can throw me off balance <laughs> have a bad consequence <laughs> uh or he'll try to jump up on me when i'm not expecting it and just like an eight-year-old should to his dad um right you know or he'll climb on me on the couch and it's like whoa whoa, whoa you, easy you know um so i just uh but he's also he's you know if if he sees me tremoring he'll go hey dad your your hand's shaking and then he'll take it and He'll walk me to the medicine. He goes, do you need a pill? That's awesome. So he's got empathy for it, too, which is great. Yep. Larry, what was it like speaking with other fathers, especially uh, especially someone so close to you, about fatherhood? Well, you know, it's interesting because, like, none of us have – there's no 
parenting playbook. Yeah. Right? So we all have our own thoughts and ideas about how to go about it. And at the end, you, you do the best you can with what you're given. And, and I think everybody's just really supportive. And so that, that's nice to, to get that because, you know, nobody feels like they're the perfect dad. No, of course not. But when you have Parkinson's, you must question your abilities just a little bit more. I question my abilities because of Parkinson's every day about yeah, everything. I guess so, eh? <laughs> I do. Uh, but Henry, my my pride and joy, uh, he's one of the reasons why I'm talking about Parkinson's today, really. Yeah. Uh, if you remember back to the very first episode, I explained that I had all these symptoms that I was ignoring as best as I possibly could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was when I reached over the couch to hand Henry a glass of water that he looked at me and said, Why you handshaking, Daddy? And I owe him for that. I, I didn't have a good answer, and I was scared. And not long thereafter, I was at my GP getting checked out. Wow. And the reality is many people are parenting with Parkinson's. It's their new normal. It's just life now. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so I know Henry, but why don't you start by introducing Henry to everybody else? One of my favorite subjects. <laughs> so <laughs> for listeners of the pod, you've heard Henry before. He's nine years old, and he is full of life. Do you know what I like? What? I like it when you yell my name and scream when I come home from work. It makes me feel good. Thanks for doing that. Oh, man, he's so happy to see you. It, it's the best feeling. It's the best moment. You get off the bus, and you're walking down the sidewalk, and i got to walk a couple blocks, and he sees me from the distance, and he just goes, Daddy! Daddy! <laughs> da-. And if it's like if it's a sunny day, he's riding his bike, and he's racing oh. towards me, and it's like, and it gives me a big hug, and it's like, oh, life is good. Now that's something that every parent can relate to. I, I hope, because it's the best feeling in the world. You know, and he's a normal kid that normal things happen to. What happened? I lost my tooth. You lost your tooth? <laughs> Where'd you lose it? At school. Yeah? What happened? Tell me all about it. Uh, I ate a bite of that apple. And <laughs> That's how you lost your first tooth, too. He loves to sing and dance. He, he tries to teach me to floss. Oh, for the cat. So on the hill, oh, for the castle, do the floss, do the floss, do the floss. You don't want to watch me floss. Stop <laughs> yeah. asking me to floss. We're not talking about the teeth no, flossing, no, right? No, the no. dance flossing? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Henry loves playing cars and creating emergency scenarios. And each night before bedtime, um, I get on the floor of his bedroom and we play for like 10 to 15 minutes before story time. Hey, move it! I'm trying to go in here. Woo! It's ambulance! Woo! Crash! And then I tuck him in, I get in the rocking chair, and I read him a good night story. We read stories over and over again, so he begins to anticipate what's coming next. Of course. From outside came the sound of hissing steam and squeaking metal. I looked through my window and saw a train standing perfectly still in front of my house. It was wrapped in an apron of steam. Snowflakes fell lightly around it. A conductor stood at the open door of one of the cars. He took a large pocket watch from his vest. And then looked up at my window. I put on my slippers and robe, and I tiptoed downstairs and out the door. The conductor cried out. 
I ran up to him. Well, are you coming? Where, I asked. Why, to the North Pole, of course, was his answer. Well, he seems just like a regular awesome kid. Well, he is the best kid in the world. <laughs> of course, of course. I yeah. mean, like, if you, you do say so yourself. On a scale of one to a hundred, he's a thousand. <laughs> Hello. Um, but, uh, you know, when you get him in one of those sweet moments, mm. oh, it just melts your heart. I love you, Daddy. Those moments, by the way, are fleeting. So, um, hey, Rob, can you cue that up again and just play it one more time for me? I love you, Daddy. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how has Parkinson's impacted your parenting? Well, a few ways for sure. Um, I, I can't physically do some of the activities that I used to be able to do. Uh, it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining out of the park gonna meet up with my family to play frisbee one of the interesting things about parkinson's is that because my right side is slower than my left it takes my brain a while to talk to my right side releasing a frisbee (laughs) has become problematic so it sprays to the left or it sprays to the right i never can release it on time with my right hand so i've learned to throw the frisbee with my left hand and catch with my left hand. So it's been challenging and fun to relearn all that. Uh, But we have a good time with it. Hey, buddy, how's it going? So we'll see how I do today. Good catch. Sometimes I've got it and sometimes I don't. Woo! All right, I got it today. Nice catch. <laughs> nice throw. Okay, Larry, if it makes you feel any better, I cannot throw a frisbee right now at all, and I've never been able to. <laughs> okay, so. but I was able to. That's the difference. Like, that's something that I've lost. Yeah, and you've mentioned that before that there are things that you used to be able to do, like throwing a frisbee. That you can't anymore. Well, sure, like fine motor skills. So, like writing, like right. my writing gets really small and sloppy. So, I rarely take notes anymore just because it's just too hard to keep up and, and, and then actually read what I wrote afterwards. And that's one thing in the context of work. But on the other hand, you know, now as a father, you have to write your son, Henry birthday cards every no, I don't. year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, no, what, but I, when I write him a note, I go very slow and mm. I deliberately do really big. Um, and it, it just takes a while. Like, but if you're in a meeting trying to take notes, it's, right. you know, forget it. Uh, I also have trouble opening pickle jars at snack time. Oh, or, that is a dad duty too. Yeah, <laughs> or like if we're getting out the paints and there's like, the, right. you have to twist off the cap of the paint. It doesn't work very well. Uh, if, if he wants to play soccer in the front yard, like, I have the balance issues and the, the just getting around, and so like I'm not running as hard as I used to run because I, I I just don't have that certainty. So you know, just little things like that. But it, you know, he notices, and it's like, ah, oh, come on, you know. Yeah. What is his reaction to those types of things? Uh, he he is empathetic at times, and other times he's just like, "But I, this is what I want to do." Yeah, you know, he Still gets frustrated. Yeah, day, it's yeah. like he's like, "I don't care if you got Parkinson's. Come on, kick me that soccer ball." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and we one of the things that we do as a family is we like to go on adventures. Mm. So uh, whether it's go kart racing or miniature golf, or we hike to a waterfall, picnic in the park, uh, we like to take small road trips all around the province. That's and awesome. Go to a bird sanctuary for a couple of hours and let the birds eat out of your 
your hand, or uh, we'll take a ferry and explore an island. You know, just, very cool. We just like to get out and about. Uh, and I was talking to my sister Tracy, who lives in Ohio, about that not too long ago. I wish that I was Henry, because Henry goes on fun adventures all the time. <laughs> you guys are so good about taking him places and doing fun things and getting him involved in in the community or in the world around him. And and I love that for all of you. Um, but I also, and, and you know, pretty much every weekend, maybe not every weekend, but pretty much three out of four weekends a month, you guys are posting something fun that you guys have done, even if it's just going to the park and flying a kite or you know, making uh, purple cabbage paint, you know, it's fun. And it's something interesting that keeps keeps his mind going as well as yours and, and Becky's. And and I love that that hasn't stopped. And I, and I always comment pretty much whenever I see those pictures, I'm like, oh, this is where they took Henry this week or, or you know, whatever it is. And Jim's like, man, they're on the go all the time. <laughs> You got a lot of energy. <laughs> you got to keep them going. Where am yeah, I? but but I love that you guys have continued to do that, and um, because I know that was something that was important to you before your diagnosis was to kind of show him his surroundings and you know that there's more to do than. I guess I just am glad that he's, you know, he you know there's just. We just don't show the pictures of him sitting around playing the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I almost said, glad he's not being raised by the iPad because no. I know he's not. <laughs> no. not. Not all the time. Um, Henry, uh, I sometimes feel like uh, dad has taken over Henry's body because Henry will hear Beck and I talking about something to do with this crappy disease. And, and he'll walk into the room and try to cut the ice. You know, he'll he'll walk in and he'll stretch his arm out and shake it really violently, like he's me. Oh, <laughs> I'm shaking my arm, shaking. And then he'll drag his foot across the, the family room, like he's walking like oh. me. And and it, you know that just you know uh, I I think that I, I love that he has a sense of humor about it, and we've given him the job to to keep an eagle eye on to when whenever i start shaking he needs to alert me uh even though i know when i'm shaking it just gives him something to do and a, a responsibility with the disease as we cope with it as a family mm-hmm. and i think that's been real productive including him in that and not hiding it from it right right does he ask a lot of questions about it no no, no he'll change the subject as quick as he can oh, okay Larry, it's interesting how you talk about Henry's reaction to your disease. And you said that, you know, he tends to get a little uncomfortable sometimes. True. And it's not an entirely fair characterization because there are times where he'll he'll actually pull me aside and goes, Hey, Dad, can we go in the other room? I'd like to ask you a few questions about Parkinson's. And he likes the privacy. And more than anything, he just wants the one-on-one time. And he knows that's a way to get my attention. But he does have questions like, uh, how did you get it? You know, what is it? You know, are you dying? Uh, But usually it's like one question at a time and then he's done. And he'll he'll, he'll say, done. (laughs) (laughs) The other night I tried to get him to interview me for this podcast and he did all right. Hi, my name's Henry and I work with CKNW. Daddy, why do you have Parkinson's? 
Why do I have Parkinson's? That's a good question. Um, you know, they don't know why I got it or why I have it. Uh, and I wish they did because it's kind of mysterious. But hopefully I can I can create a reason why I have it. Maybe I have it because I'm here to help other people learn more about Parkinson's and to bring attention to Parkinson's to raise awareness and money so we can find a cure and we can help a lot of people. Okay, so... Thanks for talking. Okay, mommy. Ready for a question? Am I being interviewed? Yep. Why daddy have Parkinson's? Why does daddy have Parkinson's? Yes. Why do you think daddy has Parkinson's? I don't know because his brain works differently. His brain works a little differently. You know, that's really insightful. I've been saying that my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here he is again trying to explain what Parkinson's is. Okay, so all the Parkinson's go really, really, really tiny, tiny, and you can't really see it. It's phosphorus, your daddy's brain. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so that's basically how I would describe Parkinson's as well. (laughs) You know, have you had a chance to talk to any other parents who have Parkinson's? I have. You remember Johnny Aitchison? Of course, our Irish friend. Yes, he was in the episode about depression and anxiety. He lives in Leicester, England. He and his wife, Heather, have two kids. So Ben's 12, Anna's 8, and, um, you know, they just, we just get on with life, and obviously have to make a few changes whenever I'm, I'm just feeling the way I'm feeling. How do you talk to your kids about it? Um, well, it's, it's interesting. So I have a, um, whenever I told my 12 year old, I said, we were talking around the dinner table one night and it was very generic and we were just chatting about having been to the neurologist and this is, and then he, we just said, you know, he thinks it's Parkinson's disease and, and, um, you know, they, Ben had asked a few questions and then a couple of days later he went coming back in the car, just the two of us, he says, um, Dad, you know, um, I just want to know that you'll just be the same. Mm. Yeah. And I just went, Ben, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'm just going to be the same. So that's all they want to know. They just want to know that, you know, you know, your dad's still your dad. If somebody said, you know, can't remember where I read it, but, you know, your kids, you know, who, who grew up, with a dad who had Parkinson's whenever they were young and now they're in their 20s. They, they say, you know, they never considered that it was their dad with Parkinson's. It was just their dad. Do you know what I mean? So that that doesn't change. Um, my, my daughter was six whenever I was diagnosed, so she was very young. So she just didn't want to say anything. Uh, she, she didn't want to know. Um, but, you know, we talk about it a lot in the house, obviously, um, and they, they hear and they pick up and whatever. And she's starting to come out with some gems, you know, some real sort of humorous um, <laughs> quotes. So she'll say, like, you know, it's just been really naughty one day. And, you know, obviously we were trying to sort it out. And, you know, um, at bedtime, I'll obviously wipe me out, you know, sort of dopamine-wise. So I was going to bed and, you know, she sort of, turned around her head in the pillow and she goes, you know, Dad, I'm really uh, sorry for using up all your chemicals today. You know, the one the one beginning with D. <laughs> That's so, great. So, so they, she, they, under, they do understand. And they understand more. They, they understand, I think they understand more than we think. 
and um, you know, you know, it's going to be part of their lives growing up as teenagers. You know, um, you know, whenever they go off, leave school, college, whatever. You know, um, you know, it'll it'll always be there. But uh, you know, um, we'll we'll have we'll have we'll have adapted further. How um, at that that stage? How how has the Parkinson's diagnosis? affected your approach to fatherhood um so i think i think it's about priorities isn't it so you know it's i mean before i was diagnosed i i did i used to come home from work at five o'clock and um six o'clock when i whenever got home and um you know, I'd always something in my mind about what i needed to do tomorrow or in three days time and you know I would sort of sit and do a bit of work in the house in the evening. And since diagnosis, you know, the, the shifts change. So work is work, you know, during the day. Home time is home time. It's family time. Um, you know, we, we now have a family night in on a Wednesday night where we just play a game. You know, it could be like something simple as like snakes and ladders or a beetle driver something you know it's just something that gets all four of us sitting down and that's been that's been really good um i mean i have we have um we have sort of sat down and in the past sort of went oh yeah no should we do this should we not and now the sort of decision making as well do you know what let's just do it because we mightn't be able to do it in two years or three years or four years or five years. So, um, so that's, uh, that's been, um, that's been a change. So last year we took them to, we took them to Florida just for, um, for a couple of weeks. And, oh, um, you know, that, that we, we sort of hummed and had about whether we'd do it. And then we just went, right. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So, um, that, that was the first time I had access sort of help going through an airport. Um, and, uh, and that was very helpful just to sort of check in quickly, beat the, you know, get, get through the, the passport control without queuing and stuff. So Anna was, uh, she was very impressed that, uh, we, we could, uh, go through an airport quickly. Um, <laughs> she, she was even more impressed that, um, I mean, the theme parks are brilliant, aren't they? They, they were very set up for people with, uh, disabilities and hidden disabilities. So, um, she, um, she, she she thinks that you don't need a queue for a ride, but uh, but that's uh, that's her interpretation. <laughs> that's great. So. so as a father, it sounds like he really has to be prepared to make adjustments, especially you know if we're talking about travel. Oh yeah, traveling's a big deal, and he actually has inspired me to stop talking about doing things and just start doing them. Ah. So our family is going to Florida this year and we're going to go to Japan later in the summer. Very cool. Yeah. And the thing that I loved about what Johnny said, his daughter said, sorry for using up all your chemicals. (laughs) You know, I suppose though, going places and, and doing things and seeing sites 
really, that is a great way to enjoy life and to build family time and spend time together. It is. And Henry and I have started doing dad and Henry time every Saturday. Fabulous. So it, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like we'll go get haircuts together or we'll go to breakfast or we'll go bowling or just do stuff and hang out together, run some errands, go to the car wash, you know, just yeah. palling around. And my dad used to do that with me. So it feels like we go to the post office and the haircut. And like, uh, and uh, what kid doesn't love going to the car wash? Right. I used to love that as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I also found that talking to children of people with Parkinson's who were Henry's age when their dad was diagnosed has given me a really interesting perspective. Mm, yeah. So Michael Chung was 11 years old and he remembers good times and bad. I think back and basically for as long as I can remember backwards, um, he's always had Parkinson's. But obviously um, at the very beginning when you are initially diagnosed, you can still do a lot of the things and you kind of basically look like everybody else. You're pretty normal. You can walk around. So when he was first diagnosed, he kind of felt a little bit of stiffness in his left arm. So fortunate enough, it didn't really affect his mobility or anything like that. So I remember him just being a regular just like everybody else's dad and just walking around and doing everything um, with me. So we play basketball. We do a whole bunch of active things together. Like if I was to play baseball, he'd go out there in the yard. Uh, if I was trying to ride a bicycle, he'd help me teach me. He'd teach me how to ride a bicycle. Basically all the things you would do um, father and son growing up uh, around the ages of 10 to 13. So basically right around grade five to grade seven, the el- end of elementary school. When did that change? It started changing in, in about grade eight. Um, he'd have... Uh, a little bit of a hard time um, driving, like things like that, because on the medication, his arms would move quite a bit. So he wasn't able to write as well or drive as well, but he was still able to do all these things. It would just kind of look a little unordinary. When did they tell you what was going on? Um, they had actually tried to keep it a secret from me as long as possible, uh, partially because I don't think that they wanted me to know growing up, especially when I was at such a young age that it might have just broken my heart or, or, or kind of helped stunt my growth as a human being. Um, and they didn't really, obviously, as a lot of people do, they didn't really take the news too well when they initially found out, right? So there was a bit of a shock there, um, a little bit of a, a sadness, even a depression period um, for the both of them, and they didn't want me to go through it. So um, it actually got to the point where they couldn't hide it anymore because it was just so overtly obvious that my dad was shaking or he was kind of doing these involuntary movements, involuntary movements. Um, So they had told me basically when I was in like grade nine, maybe three or four years after he was diagnosed. How'd you take the news? Um, I frankly didn't quite understand what Parkinson's was. Obviously at such a young age, I had absolutely no idea. Um, And this was just kind of the new age of cell phones. Whereas now if he was diagnosed. I was able to Google it real quick. Um, so back then, I'd go on my laptop and just take a look. And I kind of knew um, sort of some of the symptoms. Like you always hear, like the first thing you type in when you type in Parkinson's disease, uh, a lot of the times Muhammad Ali comes up and you see him in a wheelchair, at least at the time when he was still alive. And he couldn't really move too well. Um, and then you see Michael J. Fox and he's the complete opposite. He can move very well. So Obviously, as I got to learn the disease more and more, you you tend to realize that everybody's case is, is specific to their own. It's all unique. And um, um, I didn't really know what to expect, but I, I just kind of saw it as um, my dad <clears throat> couldn't stop shaking and I wanted somebody normal to be my dad, uh, which thinking back on it, 
15 years later seems like the dumbest thing I've ever thought. But at the time, I just, like I said, in, you're in high school, you just want to, you don't want to stick out when you're in high school. You want to just conform to everybody else so you don't get made fun of, so you can fit in, be cool. And uh, at that time, my dad wasn't doing that for me. So it was kind of a, um, a little bit frustrating, if I, if I may say. Did that build in intensity over time? Like, did it become anger at any point? No, actually. So initially I was frustrated for my own being. As I had said, I wanted to be normal. I wanted to have a dad that fit in just like everybody else. Um, over the course and even to this day, um, it's more so turned into from frustration and anger towards sort of sadness and not so much guilt, but kind of empathy, right? Like I wish my dad didn't have it. Like I, I feel bad for him to know that um, he had it, he was diagnosed so young at the age of 45, around 45, I think, um, I think it might be 45 or 46, but to just know that he had maybe 40 years left of his life and just everything was kind of not necessarily taken away from him, but it, it made things a lot harder and, and to the point where he was not a, like, he's not able to work. He's not able to do a lot of the things that he would like to do. You know, it's so interesting, Larry, hearing it from a son's perspective. Did you hear what he said? He said he just wanted someone normal to be his dad. Yeah. And that's my, f like, that's what I think Henry must be going through sometimes. Just like, uh, can, can I get, trade you in for someone who doesn't have Parkinson's? Does that hurt you? Uh, no, because, he, you know, he's a kid and he's honest and yeah, you, you, you want what you want when you want it, right? You know, and uh, I th he still loves me. Cue that up again, Rob. <laughs> I love you, Daddy. And you remember singer-songwriter Emily Chambers? Of course. Yes, she lives in Nashville now, but was raised in Vancouver, B.C. What was your childhood like? Uh, really blessed and privileged. I grew up in um, West Vancouver with a mom that stayed at home that was very loving and caring. And, um, you know, we had everything that we needed and, and more. But also, we're raised to be very independent and 15 years old, you, you can work, you get a job, and you know, you pay for the things that you want, so. God, she sounds like she had a great upbringing. Oh, uh, idyllic. Right? Yes. Uh, she was 12 when her dad was diagnosed in 2002. Her sister was 18. How did that impact you when you were 12? To be honest, not much. Like, I, when my mom came home, I remember like really well. We were about to head up to the Sunshine Coast to go away for a little bit in the summer. And they had gone to the doctor to see what was going on with him. He had really um, tight tension in his back. And he also had a tremor in his hand. I don't remember the tension in his back, but I remember the tremor in, in his hand. But he'll, he'll say now that he had, a, he had the tight back. So they came home and I said, so how did the doctor go? And my mom burst out crying, which my mom's like a really strong woman. And so I was like, so I just automatically started crying and I was like, what's going on? And it was right before we went to vacation and um, they said that he had Parkinson's and I didn't know anything about that. And so then we, we, my sister was out of town and so I remember my dad being on the phone like midweek at our vacation telling Kate about it and crying on the phone. So I just remember seeing all these reactions being like, this is a big deal, but not really knowing what it was. How did it progress? super gradually like it's been almost 17 years so i think that kate my sister and i like ignored it is the wrong word but um kept it in the back of our minds because you know you're very self-involved as a teenager and 
you're not really seeing it. And honestly, like, it was showing up in ways that maybe, like, aging would show up or, you know, like, forgetfulness or something that wasn't really, or, like, my joint's not working that well in this way or whatever, or my meds aren't great, and so he'd have a different mix of meds. But honestly, I think it's been, like, the last six years, my sister might say different, but for me, that I've really been, like, okay, this is really changing and it's affecting my mom's day-to-day life and... You know, like, my parents live in Gibsons now. We see them for a weekend. And, well, there'll be little things in the weekend that we could attest to, oh, that's old age. And then we're like, Mom is living with this every day and seeing these little things that happen every day. And it's it's more than old age. So I think for a while we had it on the back burner. And it was a really big wake-up call for us. My mom has been really great at being open and was like, I need help. Like, this is affecting me. And I think that was when we were like, shit, we can't pretend that this isn't anything anymore. Because it is. Because of course you want to believe that your parents are healthy and aging well. It's a hard thing to see your parents get weak, you know? Larry, she has such a great outlook on life. She does. And when she was talking about her dad and watching her dad get weak, really reminded me of when my dad got sick. He had a myelofibrosis. And, and it was real painful to just sort of watch him decline. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm not there yet, but I, I fear that for Henry. I don't I don't want him to, to see that. I, I, I think it's inevitable. Everybody's going to watch their parents decline if they live long enough. Uh, but, um, you know, that's, that's sad for me because I've been through that. So let me ask you this. Did you ever say to yourself, I wish I had a normal dad? I like my crazy dad. <laughs> my, my dad was nuts, and I loved him for it. So, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Stop trying to put perspective on this, Nikki. <laughs> uh, I, I did end my conversations asking Michael and Emily to, to give Henry some advice. You mentioned your dad was 45 or 46 when he was diagnosed. Yes. I was diagnosed last year at the age of 45. I'm now right. 46. I have a nine-year-old son, Henry. Uh, if you could talk to Henry, you can do it right now. What would you tell Henry? Um, hey, Henry. Uh, I know um, you've noticed probably in the past year and a bit, your dad's um, kind of been acting a little funnier uh, by the day. Um, he has this thing called Parkinson's disease, as I'm sure he's shared with you and, and talked about. And uh, through my conversations with him, you seem to be understanding already um, as to what he has. And sometimes he may need to take breaks. Um, and over the course of these years, I would say to cherish every moment and do as many things as you can with your dad. And, uh, and while he may not be able to physically do these things, uh, as you get older and as you get more to the primitive years of your teenage years, uh, of growing up, um, he'll always love you just as much, if not more. And to use this as an advantage uh, in life and to, um, be more selfless when you do things growing up. Uh, show compassion towards other people. Um, maybe if you see a kid at school being bullied, um, you don't know the full story behind that. Maybe go help that kid out. Uh, but basically to just see this as a blessing uh, rather than a curse and to um, take that chip on your shoulder and, and everything else you feel, and that anger and frustration, and to channel it to do a good thing and to, and to grow up and, and to be successful and help out other people. My son's eight. Mm-hmm. You were 12. Yeah. What would you say to him? I'd say be aware. Do 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 some research and be aware and just be do everything with love. 
be empathetic and and just know that everyone around is doing the best that they can and no one really knows how to deal with something like that. Each week for this podcast, Larry sits down and has a chat with his wife, Rebecca. In listening to this episode back again, I realized my having Parkinson's makes parenting harder for you because I get lost. I get spacey. I'm not always attentive and there in the moment. And that's Parkinson's just, you get that Parkinson's stare where you're just sort of drifting off into space and you've got to go, hey, you with me? Yes, <laughs> and I do. How's that make you feel? I don't feel? know what to say about that. There's nothing to be done about that. I know, but it's it's real. It is real. I, I think one of the realizations of this disease when it comes to parenting is that I feel a little bit of a loss of backup so normally it's when we're when it's the three of us it's you're fully engaged and we're kind of volleying back and forth who's taking the lead or who's going to address this concern and are we both going to play with him at the same time or are we both going to are we going to kind of tag team it because somebody's got something to do or an errand to run or something and i feel more like I have to kind of manage that your intention is to help out and be with us. Yes. But there's not always an awareness of what's going on in the moment and a quick a quickness of step and a quickness of response as far as, oh, we got to do this. Or, honey, I'm wondering if maybe now's a good time for us to do this. And then there's, you know, just lack of response <laughs> and usually you'd be like yep let's do it and then you're kind of up and out i miss a lot of the social cues right <laughs> that is one way to put it yes uh and that that makes it harder on you so i'm sorry for that well i appreciate that you talked about how you thought that maybe he wanted just a normal dad i don't know that that's the case because i don't know that he's ever had a normal dad i don't know that his expectation is the same as your expectation or maybe a lot of people's expectations for what normal means healthy is what i was referring to yeah but that's only one aspect of you your health and your physical being is only one aspect of you if you think but, about but my health is what's holding me back from doing the things that we used to be able to do I understand that, but my point is that he, the things that are kind of not normal about you are some of the things that he loves about you the most. He's got a dad who works in media. He's on the radio. He knows some people who are on TV and on the radio. And as a consequence, Henry has been on TV and not in the radio. That's not normal, but he loves that. He loves that. He's a an Asian kid adopted from Taiwan by two white parents. He's never been he's never been normal. He's moved around. He's always been the new kid. So he's never really had the quote unquote normal life and he's never really had a normal dad. Yeah, I think maybe his perception or your perception of what he may expect is different from reality. I may be projecting. Yes. So uh earlier in the podcast Nikki was asking me how Parkinson's had changed my parenting and I listed a few things but I feel like I've left something off the list and I wondered if you had anything had struck or jumped out at you like oh don't forget to talk about x it has changed you as a parent in that you are able to demonstrate 
how it is that you work through things like this, how you're shifting and changing your ideas about your body and what it means, your body versus your soul versus your mind versus your heart and what's important. Because of the Parkinson's, you were able to show him a different perspective on that. What do you think Parkinson's disease has changed about what you believe about parenthood? I don't know that it's changed much about what I believe about parenthood. I've always believed that parenthood was about, you know, unconditional love and putting your child in a, in a, in a situation where they can learn and grow and be safe and make mistakes and learn from them. And you, you teach them all you can and you put them in a position to live their best life and at a certain time they're going to leave the nest and you hope for the best. I, I don't think I've changed a lot about how I've parented other than I'm probably more likely to say yes to doing little things like mm-hmm. playing a quick game of Uno or playing you know walkie talkie tag or whatever if i'm feeling good i'll say yes where before i might have blown it off yeah because we got we got plenty of time for that yeah and we don't i don't know that we have plenty of time for that anymore despite our conversation at the beginning of this conversation (laughs) which was about feeling less aware of details and things that are going on around you sometimes do you feel like you're more present with your child in that way yeah but not for long periods of time so like 10 or 15 minute bursts is great so when you feel on yeah you you take advantage of it right and that's what i've and and henry's come to accept that where Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 minutes before bedtime we'll play 10 or 15 minutes we'll play you know walkie talkie tag and that's gives him enough of me gives me enough of of time with him like one-on-one bonding father-son time but i catch myself because my my initial reaction still is not right now like it's just my go-to yeah and i don't know where that developed yeah, there's really no reason not to. Right. I'm feeling pretty good. I have the energy now. I don't have yeah. other things I need to do. 20 minutes, let's go. Yeah. But I, I think I probably, with Parkinson's, have become more aware of the privilege that it is to be a dad. And I relish it. When talking to children about Parkinson's, Parkinson Canada recommends that you do not keep your condition a secret tell your children shortly after you find out that you have it. They'll sense very quickly that something's changed. Hiding the diagnosis may cause them undue stress. Your approach to the diagnosis is really going to set the tone for the rest of the family too. Being appropriately hopeful and positive encourages other people to do the same. Children of all ages need to know PD does not change the fact that you are still their parent and it does not change how much you love them. Let them know it's all right for them to ask questions about Parkinson's at any time. There's a great resource on the Parkinson.ca website about talking to children about Parkinson's that we'll link to the show notes for this episode. Coming up on the next episode of When Life Gives You Parkinson's. You are good at your job and you love your job. And it takes a lot of energy 
So when you come home in the evenings, typically, you're tired. How do you tell your colleagues and and go to your place of employment and, and tell them that you have something that is degenerative like this. I was scared. The employer itself may not be aware of what it means to have Parkinson's and how it impacts and does not impact an individual. So it's okay to educate your employer a bit. If you ever hear me in a meeting going, mm, 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 you know, you've asked me a question and you want an answer and a decision, and I, I, I can't do that at the minute. I just need a bit longer. Well, like maybe Larry won't be able to do his job anymore, so maybe we should replace Larry. Yeah, I've talked to others. Dave's like, I'm not going to tell my boss. I'd be too scared to do that. W- where does that come from? At least for me, it came from a feeling that somehow the day after diagnosis, you're going to be perceived as lesser in the uh, in the eyes of your employer. I think that in most cases that that's a false fear. I mean, are there cases where people, where employers have retaliated? I myself uh, was involved only a few years ago with a very serious matter, also involving an individual that had suffered from Parkinson's and, and his employer, let's put it, uh, put it this way, treated him not the way it, it should have. Hey, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this. And when you're there, give the show a rating and feel free to comment. It's a real simple way to help spread the word and raise awareness of Parkinson's disease. You can also engage with us on social media. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just look up at Parkinson's Pod. Or email us, parkinsonpod at curiouscast.ca. Keep positive. Keep exercising. And keep listening. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.